Welcome to the KML Messcast. Can't everybody stop for 10 minutes? I mean, it's not that much to ask. So goddamn rude. What the fuck do they think I'm doing? Playoffs? What talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello? You play to win the game. And now, your 2016 champion, soon to be two-time champion, and host, Maine. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Camel Messcast. I am your host, Maine. As always, here, recapping what happened last week, what's happening in the weeks ahead, and telling you everything you need to know about the KML. That's the Cable Memorial League, our fancy football league of me and 11 of my best friends. It's happening, baby. It's week 14. Yeah, week 14. Week 13 in the books. Week 14. That means round one of playoffs. Half the teams have been eliminated. And uh, yeah, we're getting into first round of playoffs. I'm going to give you a little bit of a roadmap because I've got only a few podcasts left this year. Uh, so what I'm kind of thinking is, you know, the podcast this week, I want to do a quick playoff preview. I'm going to look at all the playoff teams, tell you why they're going to win those championship. Uh, obviously, preview what ha- or we look at what happened last week and preview what's happening this week for the two games. Then next week, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do next week, but it'll be something. I'll do something next week. I have a, oh, actually, I do know next week I have uh, I have a little bit of a uh, little bit of a looking back. I have some some uh, some uh, recordings from my on-scene reporter at Draft that have never been heard before. So we'll listen to those and see how those have aged. Also preview those games. Then the next week will be Championship Week. I'm going to have both of my uh, two teams that are playing uh, for the championship, I'm going to have both on preview their game for an extended amount of time, talk about how they feel about their seasons and also how they feel about the last game of the season for them. And then I'm going to do a recap show, one after uh, everything's said and done here, what's that, about a month from now, where we'll talk about, uh, I want to kind of go back, I want to see how I did on my predictions at the after the draft, how I thought different teams were going to do. Uh, basically, just some takeaways from the season and uh, some things we can carry forward to next season. Looking to, uh, I think it'll be the ninth year of the KML. Whew, nine. We're getting old. We can almost drink. Um, so let's get right into it. You know. So anyway, so that's kind of the lay of the land. Just kind of give you an idea of what's going to happen the next few weeks here on this fine, fine program. Uh, first thing I want to do though is let's recap what happened in a wild and crazy week thirteen. Weekly recap. All right, as you know, week 13, a lot of people had stuff on the line. Let's go through and see what happened. Uh, first game I'm going to talk about is my game, Cabo Ghost, getting by High Main 120.78 to 95.04. High Main, the, the uh, former, formerly known as Saquon Blockchain. Joel falling to 4-9, 11th place. Cabo Ghost, 8-5, third place. Now, the important thing to know about this game was I thought about it for a second. I don't know how ethical this is, but I looked at the way basically after, you know, coming down to the last game of week 13 on Tuesday night, I could see that there was basically everybody's matchups were set in stone except for a couple. Basically, me and me and Scott were the two that I was looking at because those were going to have the most impact on playoff seeding. So I had the opportunity to sit a couple people, take a loss, intentional loss to Joel because it would put my playoffs in a different tier that I thought like it gave me a different path to the championship. It's all about getting that championship. We know that. But um, 
in the end, thought about it, had it, had him sitting for all day until about 8 p.m. before I put him back in, thought about it. I liked the path better going the other way, but I thought it was bad juju, and I've already got enough bad juju from my trade for Jonu Smith earlier this year that I needed to be more, didn't need to add any more to my team, So, uh, and I'm not a bitch. So I put that guy in there, I shoved it down Joel's throat until he choked, and uh, gave him his uh, ninth loss of the year. Felt good, so that's what happened there. Next game up, Chalupa Batman and Jared C. Limbach honestly played the game of the year. We have not seen a better game this year in the KML. Chalupa Batman scoring 153.66 and only winning by three points. Jared C. Limbach 150.02. Those are two of the highest scores we've seen all year. And actually, now that I think about it, hold on a second. Let me let me look something up. Is that Bill's highest score ever? Hold on. Hold on. Got to look up something real quick here. Pull up the history. Bill Mitchell. Summary, Bill Mitchell. Nope, highest score ever was 166.2 points in week three of 2019. Highest score for Jared, oh, he just missed it. Highest score for Jared was 150.3, week 12 of 2018. Of course, he scored 150.02, so just under his previous high by a couple of yards. Boy, that would have been fun to see another high score in a losing effort. Anyway, uh, really, this was an important game for Chalupa Batman to win because by winning, he put himself in a position to capture that last playoff spot. He finishes at six and seven, sixth place. Jared Limbach, nine and four, second place, still getting that first round by, so he's totally fine with that. Next game up, reading Dwayne Bow and Straight Bum's homie had the inverse of the game I just talked about. They had the shittiest game of the week and maybe one of the shittiest ones we've seen all year. Straight Bum's homie winning 78.86 to 73.8. Yes, you heard that right. Straight Bum's homie getting a 78-point win while Jerry Limbach took a 150-point loss. Gotta love fantasy football there. This was important because Reading Twainbo had to win to stay off the keg. Alas, he did not. He lost, and now he's 4-9, finishing in 12th place because he did not have the head-to-head tiebreaker with Joel, and therefore he is the person who is going to buy the keg, and I believe it's his second time doing so, and he's the first, the first two-time keg buyer for the KML. Congratulations to Chris Rogers for that dubious distinction, that double D. Straight Bums homie getting that win he needed to get to 6-7. and seven. However, the tiebreakers did not work out, especially with a 78-point effort. He had to get a shitload of points scored to actually have a shot at that. He did not get it done, and he is out of playoffs TTYL. Gordon Lucko getting by the Viceless 112.34 to the Viceless 85.1. This is one of the most meaningless games this week. It was really for just for seeding. Gordon Lucko getting that win, locking down the regular season title at first place. The Viceless taking the loss. Still, though, he was locked into playoffs 7-6, and six, and he is in fifth place heading into playoffs. Team 88 and Hot Shit had another matchup. Um, another matchup that really didn't matter a whole lot. It was important for the Hot Shit. Well, actually, it was important a little bit because... Actually, this was true. It's true. Super important. Boy, I did not think it was this game. Anyway, this was super important because Scott was in control of his own destiny. All they had to do, Team 88, all they had to do was win and in. If he wins, he's in. And it might have been the first time he's in playoffs in a little while. Was he in last year? Man, no. Was he in the year before that? Yes. So we had to, he had a playoff drought last year, but he was back uh, in 2018. He got in there. So he was in control of his own destiny. All he had to do was get by hot shit, who was un- you can't argue it, one of the worst teams in the league, and he couldn't get it done. 112.3, losing to 117.12. Also, very important game for hot shit because by winning this, he took himself effectively out of, off of keg wash, watch, even though I don't think there was a scenario where he could technically wit, uh, get there because of the tiebreak he's held. But anyway, still... By Scott losing, he not only took himself out of playoffs, it opened the door for one of those six wins teams to sneak on in there, and that team was Chalupa 
Batman. Congratulations to him. Last game we had Captain Scurve and Three Stripe Life. Captain Scurve had a sliver of playoff hopes in this one. Had to get by Three Stripe Life, and alas, he did not. He late and aid 67.52, losing to Three Stripe Life 83.06. Three Stripe Life backing his ass into playoffs, uh, slip and slide, and all the way down there with another 80-point win, finishing the season 8-5 in fourth place, but his team looks like dog shit. All right, let's look at the standings to kind of wrap this up. End of the regular season standings. Here we go. We have Gordon Lucko all alone at the top of the board, 10-3. Good for him. It is not the highest win total we've ever had, but still, it's, it's nice to be up there all alone, so good for him. 10-3. Next, you got Jared C. Limbach all alone at 9-4. Then we had two teams finish at 8-5. That's Cabo, Ghost, and Three Stripe Life, both finishing at 8-5. Fifth place all alone was the Viceless, 7-6, getting that seventh win that eludes him so often. Congratulations to him for getting that seventh win. Last man in was Chalupa Batman, 6-7. Now, this is great because we had a three-way tie at 6-7 between Chalupa Batman, Team 88, and Straight Bums Homie, but there can only be one, and that one was Chalupa Batman going to the tiebreaker for points scored, which with 150 was enough to propel him above where he needed to get to and getting him into that sixth spot. 7th and 8th was Team 88, Straight Bumps Homie. Ninth and 10th tied at 5 and 8, Captain Skirvin Hot Shit. 11th and 12th, the bottom feeders, Saquon Blockchain and Reading Dwayne Bow. And again, Reading Dwayne Bow taking home the distinction, the dubious distinction, the double D of buying the keg, not only once, but twice now for the KML. Thank you very much, Chris Rogers. Someday you'll win some money in this league, but not this year. Okay, whoa. I think that effectively finishes the recap. So next, what we're going to do is we'd usually do trades and transactions, but there was nothing that was of any importance. Also, some I think we need to. This is a good point to talk. Let's let's get into trades and transactions. Hold on. Trades and trades and transactions. Trades and transactions. All right. Quick little note here. I think it's important that next year, well, this isn't an open round table, but I will put a proposal forward that trade deadline, which I believe is tomorrow at noon, should be. The week be the the issue like it should basically be week thirteen. So when the week thirteen games start, your roster should be locked in. No more trades after week thirteen. We already lock it so that any playoff any teams that miss playoffs can't add or, or uh, can't trade and can't add or, or what am I looking for add or add or drop. Thank you, add or drop waivers and that's great. But I think we need to move the trade deadline one week earlier. So heading into week thirteen, you need to make all the moves you need to prior to week 13 because you don't so that way you don't have those extra couple days after week 13 where um you technically still can make a trade heading into playoffs because just a little bit a little bit weird i kind of like it if it's locked in everybody's made all their moves for that last game where they actually have stuff on the line and then it just is locked from there only adds and, and deletes after that so anyway a little round table there think about that we'll vote on it and uh make a decision but i believe that's a change that should be pushed through. Also, another roundtable trade, I think, or uh, another roundtable item I think we have to address is I 100% think we need to figure out, and I'm not sure if we looked into this and it's not possible, but missed extra points should be minus one point for your field goal kicker because they're not what they used to be, and it's a lot of fun <laughs> that your field goal kicker gets out there. Gives you a little bit more of a swing, two-point swing instead of a one-point swing uh, if he does miss those extra points, and I think that would be pretty fun to have to sweat that out just a little bit longer, make those kickers just a little bit more fun than they already are. So, Anyway, let me look to see if we had any trades and transactions this week. I don't believe we did uh, our recent activity. Then you click on this button here. You say transactions. Then you go over here and you say traded. And you look. And what do we have? Two trades. We had two trades. First trade, Saturday, December 5th. 
Julupa Batman trading TJ Hawkinson for David Johnson. I like the trade for both. Um, you know, I'm not sure Bill needed more running back depth than he already has. Another middling running back, but there he goes. He got one, and and Jared got his uh, tight end of the playoffs. Good for him. Good trade for both, whatever. I like it a little bit more for Chalupa Batman, but running backs are also very important in this league. So, um, you know, Jared really kind of cutting cut his depth a little bit there in case one of his guys goes down, which would be bad news for him. Then the second trade we had was Jared C. Limbach trading with Straight Bumps homie. Jared C. Limbach giving the Packers D and Evan Ingram. Straight Bumps homie giving up Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. That's a big, nobody gets a shit trade, so we don't need to talk about that. All right. Next thing I'm going to do is I want to go through the six playoff teams. Preview how they're looking going into round one, round two of the championship. And then we'll get into the actual two-game matchup. So here we go. I don't have a draw for this. Let's figure one out. Here we go. Uh, all right, here we go. Drop for playoff preview. Ready for this? Nope, not trade. Hold on. Oh boy. Try it again. Roll that back. Uh, ready for this? Let's go. Playoff preview. Okay. Playoff preview. Let's get some music going. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here we go. Now we're feeling it. Yep. 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 First up, we're gonna count these down six to one. Playoff preview, 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 preview. First team up, weighing in at 250 plus, 510. It's Bill Mitchell, manager of the Chalupa Batman. All right, enough of that. Chalupa Batman, here's what he's got going on. Here is his playoff lineup. QB, Ryan Tannehill. Not bad. I kind of like it. Kenyon Drake, Miles Gaskin back at the running back positions. Then his wide receivers were his strength are DeAndre Hopkins, Deontay, uh, De- Jesus, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae Adams, who, Devontae Adams is just ridiculous. Wide receiver two on the year. Crazy good. Tight end, Darren Waller. Tight end two on the year. Crazy good. Flex position, David Johnson, and that's the guy I just traded for for TJ Hawk. David Johnson out there. Uh, defense right now, Panthers and Ryan suck up as a kicker. His bench, though, he's got a couple guys on his bench. He's got Swift down there. He's, he's DeAndre Swift. That could be a nice little running back if he wants to flex him in there. Daryl Henderson's hit and miss. He's not going to play him. Brian Hill, there's no way he plays him. Quarterback, though, he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick down there for a little bit of a stream option. Then uh, the wide receivers, he's got Jamison Crowder and Keenan Colt Sr. Okay. Let's look at what he's got going on here. I want to see the opponents. Let me see the schedule for these guys. All right, here's why. I'm going to tell you first. Here's why Bill Mitchell is an absolute lock to win the championship. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Listen up. Bill Mitchell is going to, he's fucking locked to win the championship. And the reason is because his team is the definition of peaking at the right time. Everybody's healthy. You look down his lineup. Look at this shit. Nobody hurt. I mean, John Brown's hurt, but nobody gives a fuck about John Brown. He's done anyway. But seriously, Gaskin's healthy. Drake's healthy. Hopkins, Adams, they're full steam. Tannehill's a good QB. I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's flat out healthy as hell. 
He's got the healthiest team and he's peaking at the right time. And that's exactly the two things you need to be doing coming into playoffs. You need to be healthy and you need to be peaking. And Bill Mitchell checks both of those boxes. Also, Bill Mitchell, he's due. That's the other thing. He's fucking due. Look at the history. Bill Mitchell, he took second place in 13 and that's it. 300 bucks to his name in this league. He's due, and he's peaking, and he's healthy. That's why he's an absolute lock to win the championship. He's going to ride the backs of DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller. The three, the triple Ds. He's going to ride the backs of the triple Ds that are going to be such an advantage over any team he plays from here on out that they're just going to be, that that everything else, as long as he doesn't get a, a dump from somebody else, he's going to be just fine, which it won't happen. He's speaking at the right time. Scored 153 points last week. That's one of the highest scores we've seen in the league. Everything's coming together at the perfect right time for Bill Mitchell. There's just no way he can't win this championship. I really, I fucked that up. Hold on a second. Bear with me for a second. I have a thing where if I do this, and then I do this, and I think there's a way I can do this. There we go. Watch this. Ready? Try it again. Ready? There's no way Bill Mitchell doesn't win the championship. Let me tell you why Bill Mitchell has no fucking chance of winning the championship. First, his running back situation is dicey. He may have the worst running back situation of any team heading in the playoffs. Kenyon Drake has not been anything like Kenyon Drake. Miles Gaskin, who's coming off of an injury, has extremely difficult matchups. And if you look at his matchups coming down the calendar, they all suck. David Johnson at Flex, he's awful. He's got to play Indianapolis, Cincinnati, which is a good matchup, and then Tennessee. Oh, hold on a second. No, I got that totally wrong. Here, David Johnson has to play Chicago defense, Colts defense, and then Cincinnati in the championship game. So he's not going to make the championship game because before between the, the Chicago defense and the Indianapolis defense, you think they're giving up points to David Johnson? That shit ain't happening. Then you get Kenyon Drake, who's got to play the Giants, who are frisky. Philadelphia, who sucks, but then championship game gets San Francisco? No fucking way. Miles Gaskin gets KC and New England back-to-back. First off, KC, he's not going to score any points against KC because they're going to have to abandon the run right off the bat. And then at New England... New England slows the game down. You're going to run half the plays you normally would. So you're not going to see Gaskin out there. He's not doing anything. It's just not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. Darren Waller has to play Indianapolis. And then the the Chargers, which are two great defenses. I'm telling you, the matchups are terrible for him. And when you rely on wide receivers to get all your points, and you're not going to get the production out of your running backs at terrible, terrible matchups, there's no chance you win the championship. I'm sorry. You look like a first-round exit with this team. Uh just doesn't look good for you. I'm really sorry. It just doesn't look good for you. All right, let's get into the next team. Uh, oh, I need to draw for this. Uh, this one. These nuts. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Ooh, here we go. Ooh, welcome in. Coming into the ring. Our fifth seed this year, weighing in at an even 300 pounds. Only two of it, cock. 6-2. Moto, Matt Williams, manager of the Viceless. All right. The Viceless. Let me tell you, 
Actually, hold on. Let's. Uh, I don't want to tell you anything just yet. Let's look, look down through the vices right now. Vices. Playoff. QB. Aaron Rodgers. Awesome. Running back position. Alvin Kamara. James Robinson. Ooh, ooh. Wide receiver. Calvin Ridley. Terry McLaurin. Tight end. Austin Hooper. Meh. Flex. C-E-H. Eh, okay. Defense. Washington. Who cares? Kicker. Brandon McManus. On his bench, though. He's got uh, Matt Ryan as a backup for Aaron Rodgers. Good little cover there. Running back backups. He's got Latavius Murray as a little bit of uh, Alvin Kamara insurance. He's got Ronald Jones, too, as a little bit of uh, probably CEH insurance, if you want to go that way. And then at the wide receiver position, he's also got Debo Samuel just down there hanging out, just ready to rip and roll. And he's also got Sterling Shepard, who will never see a down, but that doesn't matter. Also, he has an empty bench position, so we'll see what he does with that tomorrow. Let me tell you why. About to drop a bomb right now. Let me tell you why the Viceless is an absolute, oh my God, an absolute fucking lock to win the championship. Oh my God. There's just no way. There's just no way that he doesn't win. Let me, here, let me look at something here. Where is this? Uh, I want to see this. And then I want to see this. All right. Here is why the Viceless is an absolute stone-cold lock to win the championship. Just going to hold on for a second. Here's why they're locked to win the championship. All right. First off, he has the best running backs left in the playoffs. He's got Kamara. He's got Robinson. Boom. What are they ranked on the year? Two and four. Suck on that. Two of the best running backs. You can't even call them RB1, RB2. They're RBA, RBB. Okay. And when you got running backs like that, you know your guaranteed points. You know they're going to get it done week in and week out. Good for him. And then he's got a little CEH sprinkled on top of that. And then that's before you even get to his quote unquote weak position, which is Calvin Ridley and Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver position. Those guys are fucking awesome. Calvin Ridley, 10 on the year. Terry McLaurin, 14 on the year. And McLaurin's heating up. I mean, he's been top of the points all friggin' year. He's, I think he had the second most points scored in the entire league this year. He's been, he's, he's scored the highest points per week, or uh, like four weeks, I think, this year. He had the highest points out of anybody. I mean, his team's an absolute fucking stick of dynamite. You don't want to have it anywhere close to you because it's so explosive. And I'm not even, I, I, I didn't say anything by Aaron Rodgers. I'm just going to settle that all aside for for a second. Do you know who he has on his path to the championship game? Round one, he gets three-stripe life, who is an absolute dumpster fire right now. Then round two, he gets Gordon Lucko, who is by far the luckiest team in the league this year. Doesn't want to admit it, but hey, Rogers Report, don't lie. By far has been it's the luckiest one seed we've ever seen by an absolute mile. So he's playing, he's playing literally the two weakest teams left in the league. And then he's going to get to the championship game and, you know, I mean, it's just his time. It's just his time. Then you look at his historical. He's always been percolating. He's been trending up. He got a seventh win for the second time ever. He tasted playoffs last year. He's got a taste. He's like a wolf. He got a taste of blood in his mouth. He hasn't been put down. He wants more. And now he's here in blood. He gets to feast on three-stripe life. He gets to feast on on uh, Gordon Lucko, the two weak teams, two injured prey. They're like the, the three-legged deers out there. Deers? Is that, a, is that plural? Sure. Three-legged deers out there. They just get to feast on his way. Just cakewalk to the championship. It's unbelievable. It's the easiest path. It's literally the thing I wanted. It's that's the path I wanted by sitting my guys and taking the intentional loss. That's what I was going for. 
you know it's frustrating it's frustrating he's so guaranteed to win the championship here's why moto has no fucking chance of winning he won't even sniff the championship there's no chance there's no chance he sniffs the championship this year and let me tell you why first off Kamara isn't what Kamara has been Kamara, I mean, it's, I'm still shocked he's two on the year because with Taysom Hill, he's an absolute, I shouldn't say he's an absolute bum, but he's a, he's a borderline RB1, high-end RB2, and that's his best running back he has. Then you got to rely on James Robinson, who, sure, he gets all the carries, but he plays for Jacksonville. Jacksonville's terrible. Jacksonville can lay an egg at any moment. At any moment. Are they the team starting Mike Glennon? Exactly. Any moment they can lay an egg. I don't know if they are. But anyway, he's terrible. Calvin Ridley. If Julio Jones isn't on the field, Calvin Ridley sucks, period. And Atlanta's uh, playoff schedule is trash. Terry McLaurin, he's good, but anytime, are you really going to still trust Washington? I mean, he's Washington heavy going through playoffs. That's not a good recipe to be any NFC East team heavy heading through playoffs. Austin Hooper is an absolute zero at that position. He's going to be losing whoever he plays. He's gonna, he probably has the worst tight end left in the playoffs. And CEH... Who knows what you're going to get with CEH because they only run the ball 10 times a game. So what's that? If you're not involved in the passing game, you're not getting shit. This team is, it's smoke and mirrors. It's so, it's not smoke and mirrors. That's not the right thing. It's a house of cards is what it is. And if two things happen to this team, it absolutely folds like it did last week where it put up 85 points. And this is the exact same type of team that you have here. Then you look forward through the rest of the playoffs and he's got to get lucky against these other guys who have been so lucky all fucking year. They've been ridiculously lucky. Vitaly and Gordon Luck have been two of the luckiest teams. And that's what fantasy football is all about. 95% luck. We've established it time and time again. And you rather be better to be lucky than good. You ever heard that saying? Well, it's the same for a reason because Moto's good, but Vit and Rob are lucky. And guess what they are? Guess where he is? He's going to be home after round one and they're going to be moving on to the semifinals. So there's no fucking way Moto can possibly win the championship. You heard it here first. Let's move on to the next game. These nuts. <laughs> Got <he. laughs> Got <he. laughs> Send it. Welcome in. Our fourth seeded team in the playoffs. Standing at five foot eleven, 170 pounds of pure chiseled man muscle from the Far East. Is it Ukraine the Far East? I mean, everything's relative, right? So I mean, it's Far East from here. Chiseled man muscle from the Far East. Mmm. Been farming rocks. Been farming pumpkins that look weird because they won't get those types of pumpkins over here. Putting them in wheelbarrows with a one and a half wheels. He's like Drago. Yours truly. Three Stripe Life. Managed by Vitaly Curry. <sighs> Let's take a look at this team. Quarterback position, the newly acquired Matt Stafford. Oh, he's deadly. Running back position, Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor. Wide receiver position, Allen Robinson, Chase Claypool. Tight end position, Logan Thomas. Flex position, James Conner. Defense, 49ers. And kicker, Will Lutz. Who's he got on the bench? Ooh, ooh. He's got Mark Andrews on the bench. He'll be in there. He'll be in there instead of Logan Thomas. 
Kareem Hunt, he's on the bench too. See, this is a, this is what you call sandbagging. He's sandbagging. He's got Kareem Hunt on the bench. He'll be in there. Cam Newton, he might be in there. Who knows? He's QB heavy over here with Cam Newton and Jared Goff. He's got Robert Tanyan. There's just tight end heavy. T toss him in there. Tanyan's great. Four on the year. What's your problem? Eagles defense, that's nothing. Kiki Kuti, he's there too. And don't even forget about this. He's got Kenny Galladay just down there chilling. So he's ready to drop the Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay double stack all over your face. Now here's one thing about this team I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you why. Three-stripe life is an absolute stone-cold lock to win the championship. Oh my god, this team. Oh, oh, let it go. Just let it build. Mm, let's turn it up. Send it to the championship. Alright, here's why Vitaly is 100% going to win the championship this year. Number one, he's the defending champ. He's been there before. He knows to how to make it happen. Hold on. I'm looking for another reason why he could possibly win the championship. Nope, that's it. This team is fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to needle scratch that. Hold on. <laughs> I can't even find one reason why this team would win the championship. This team is fucking terrible. It's terrible. This team is so bad. How is this the four-seeded team? What has happened here? Matt Stafford or Cam Newton? Get the fuck out of here. Jared Goff, who was Wingus's QB for a dollar to start the year? Fuck you. Your QB position's terrible. Then look at these running backs. Let, let, me, let me say the names. You tell me one name you're scared of. Miles Sanders. Jonathan Taylor. James Conner, Kareem Hunt, the last, Kareem Hunt, the last, like, three weeks. Crickets. Oh, do I have a cricket thing? Hold on. I think I do. Exactly. He's got no fight. This team sucks. And then you're like, okay, well, his running backs aren't that good. You know, they're, they're middling to, they're to, to terrible. You know, well, maybe he's good, good, good at a wide receiver. Allen Robinson. Oh, who's throwing Allen Robinson the ball? Mitch Trubisky. Big fucking deal. Like, Allen Robinson can't be trusted. He's terrible. Yeah, he's 13 on the year, but he's not going to pop off and give you a, a weak winning performance. Chase Claypool. Okay, Chase Claypool is very good. However, tough matchups coming up, and there's too many mouths to feed. You never. You, it's roll the dice. Another roll the dice guy. What are you going to get? And then you've got James Conner on there, too, who barely plays, and when he does, he sucks. Logan Thomas is decent. I'll give him that. But I mean, like, where you show me, show me the fear. Show me, show me where you he's going to be favored at a position, at a matchup. Like, it's not going to happen. It's a horrible team. I'm sh I'm shocked. It's fourth place. I really am. So maybe you can add that to another reason why Vitaly's a lock to win the championship because the team's so fucking bad that it's one of those reverse jinx things where like I just give it a you know dump all over it and then he reels off three great weeks but I just don't see it. This team's god awful. There's no chance he gets by the Vices. There's no chance even he gets by the Vices. He gets by Gordon Lago because both those teams are far and away better than his team. I just don't see. I don't see a path. I really don't. I trust me. I tried. 
I can't come up with. The only thing I can come up with is it's like, <laughs> like it's the golden horseshoe team where everything goes right for three weeks. He gets three, three dominant performances from everybody, regardless of their matchups and shit. And I just, I just don't see it. It's not going to happen. Okay. I'm sorry. This team's God awful. I'm done talking about it. Hey, thanks for coming out. Returning champ. Congratulations, you know, making the ch- championship again. But is this, is this really your title, your title defense team? Fuck out of here. These nuts. Yeah. These, <laughs> these nuts. Got him. Oh my God. <laughs> Got it. Fucking <laughs> awful team. Jesus. Oh, I don't want that. Give me this. There we go. Beats. Ooh. You hear that? Your chest? I guess you'd feel it in your chest. You wouldn't hear it. Do you feel that in your chest? That's the next team up. It's your third place team. And it's yours truly. Weighing in. Standing an even six feet, weighing in at a one one ninety on a good day, but we're we're getting trying to get it down to one eighty. It's yours truly, Maine and the manager. No, manager Maine is the manager. Maine the manager of the Cabo Goose 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 Goose. <sighs> All right, let's take a look at this team. Quarterback position, Lamar Jackson. Who can throw a ball, but he's looking a little bit better. Don't worry, he'll hit those wide-open guys someday. Who knows? Running back position, Christian McCaffrey. Running back number two, Damian Harris. Wide receiver position, Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. Ooh, you got to like those big names. Tight end position, Travis Kelsey. God damn. That is a man's man right there. Flex position. Oh, flex position. There's only wide receiver six on the year, Adam Thielen. Defense, Saints. Kicker, Justin Tucker. Then you look at the bench. What's the bench? What's the bench got going on down there? Ooh, the bench is just a whole lot of lottery tickets and insurance policies. Kirk Cousins insurance policy. Ty Johnson lottery ticket. Mike Davis insurance policy. Duke Johnson insurance policy. James White. I don't want to talk about James White. He's terrible. And then at the wide receiver, he's got Mike Williams. He only needs one though, because he's got he's got Adam Thielen up there just chilling. He's also got the Browns because he's smart and he thinks about playoff matches before. Then you look down his IR. Don't sleep on his IR. He's got Rashad Penny. And he's got Saquon Barkley down there. You don't know when they could be back. They might come back week 16, shove right up the pooper. Actually, let me check something. Is is Penny actually coming back? Oh, he's practicing. Today was his first day of practice. Oh, my God. First day of practice. He's back. Thank God. Carson better watch watch his back. The Penny. Hot Penny. All right. Let me tell you why. This team right here is far and away the favorite to win the championship this year. Here's why. Because Maine has been so patient this year. Every move he's made has been for this specific moment in the season. Does he give a shit about regular season? No. He gives a shit about the seventh win, and that's it. And as soon as he gets that seventh win, which locks him into playoff, he immediately starts looking at everything else to position his team to get a championship. Because does he want that 10 wins? No. He doesn't give a fuck about 10 wins. He gives a shit, shit about 
Names on the trophy. Tell me who had 10 wins in uh, whatever, 2017. Damn, you can't. Tell me who won in 2017. You can't tell me either, but you can tell me if somebody's on that trophy or not, and that's what I'm talking about. He wants the trophy. Every movie he's made has been moving chess pieces around the chessboard while everybody is playing checkers here, getting everything in a row for week 14, week 15, and week 16. This is why he's traded for hurt players. This is why he's traded for guys that have the names but just had down seasons or guys who are trending up at the right times. Lamar Jackson, amazing playoff schedule. Amazing playoff schedule. Had his troubles, but also shown a little bit of life. Shown a little bit of life. Have a lot of big games coming up. Is going to have to perform and is starting to run more. Love it. Christian McCaffrey, been hurt all fucking year. Hurt again today. Who gives a shit? He's going to be back for playoffs. 14, 15, 16. I did him for three weeks. Three, give me three weeks of CMC. I made the trade eight weeks ago and I got one week out of him before he got hurt again. This is it. I don't give a shit. It's all worth it for this. Damian Harris just gets, get, get, keep getting better and better, earning more time, and can break one off at any moment. He's my little lottery ticket at RB2. More than fine there. Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, been hurt all fucking year, but guess what? They're getting healthy at the perfect time, and if Drew Reese comes back, Michael Thomas only gets better. Travis Kelsey, don't even have to talk about him. He's just dominant at all time. It's like having an extra position against anybody I play. Adam Thielen, Boomer bot. I mean, look at the touchdowns. He's average wide receiver six. He's my best wide receiver, statistically. So, like, I mean, he's, he's great, too. And then I got defense set up. I got Saints playing Philly, and then I'm going to switch over to the Browns, and they get to the Giants, they get the Jets. I got amazing defensive matchups every single week. Never going to take it. I'm not going to take a, a crooked number at the defense. I'll be able to keep pace with anybody. And then Justin Tucker's Justin Tucker. That's all we got to talk about. This team is just so perfectly positioned. It really was a masterful job just aligning all these little pawns and the rooks and the castles and whatever the hell they're called, all exactly where they need to be to get checkmate in three weeks. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm getting checkmate in three fucking weeks. Everything's perfectly aligned for me. It's all coming together. Master plan. And it doesn't matter who stands in my way. I'm going to roll them. I'm going to be the best team for these next three weeks. And I'm going to get that championship. Oh, it's just, it's, I don't even, there's nothing else to talk about. Let me tell you one extra thing though. There's no fucking way I win this championship. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. There's no way this team wins this championship because it is hanging on by an absolute thread. All that stuff I said about everybody being healthy and all these things coming together right now. It's, it's true, but everybody is so fucking hurt. Christian McCaffrey, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas could go down at any moment. At any moment, any rep at practice, any play in the game. It's a, it's almost a damn certainty that one of these assholes is going to tweak a hammy or tweak a shoulder or tweak an ankle like quarter one, quarter two, and get me just an absolute stink performance. It'd almost be better if they got hurt early in the week so I could actually sub somebody in, but that's they're going to give me the worst type of injury, which is the early game injury where they haven't done anything and you just sit there and watch a zero and those projected points just plummet. It's an absolute certainty that's going to happen one of these next three weeks. No, no questions asked. I'm fully prepared for it. It's 100% going to happen. Second reason is I'm 100% snake pit in the fucking, in the fucking 100% snake pit in the playoffs. I have 10 playoff losses. I only have five playoff wins. That's terrible. My average points against is 100. Is I've I'm, I'm got an average point differential of negative 12 over 15 games. I'm awful in playoffs. I always have been awful in playoffs. I have more playoff losses than 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Nine teams have playoff games. I have more losses than nine people in this league have games. 
It's just not gonna. It's not gonna happen for me this year. Just things are a little bit too rickety. They're a little bit too shaky. I just don't see it coming together. So there's just there's just no chance that I win the playoffs because I'm hanging on by an absolute thread. I said Moto's team was a house of cards. I'm even worse than a house of cards. I'm like a, 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 a weight being held up by a thread over a candle. Like all it takes is one little snip, and that weight comes crashing down. And it's just over for me, and it's happened every year for me for except for one, and it's gonna happen again. Except for 16. 16 was the only year it didn't happen for me. It's gonna happen again this year. So I'm just gonna be lucky to get third. Is what I think I'm looking at. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our second place team. These nuts. Got him. Got him. Number two on the regular season, but number one in your hearts. Standing at an even six foot tall, weighing in at double what he used to when he was playing third base at for Urbana. Weighing, weighing, weighing in at double his junior her year high school weight. It's the manager, Jared C. Limbach of Jared C. Limbach. This fucking team he's assembled. Let's slide it up, let's slide it up until mm. fire. I'm gonna say some names. And this is not and so the world just disclaimer. Never shines mm. This is not an all-star team like the best fancy players of the year. This is just his roster. Ready? Quarterback position, Russell Wilson. Running backs, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> you can't look at it directly in the eyes. Wide receiver position must be weak, right? Wide receiver position must be weak if his right got running backs like that. Mm-mm. Tyreek Hill, Marvin Jones Jr. I mean, well, let's just go stick with that Marvin Jones. But Tyreek Hill, tight end position, newly acquired TJ Hawkinson, who's getting fucking 100 yards a game. Tight end three on the year. Flex position, Chris Carson. Oh, what's he? Mm, only 19 on the year. He's good. He was hurt for a while, too. Defense, Seattle, kicker Harrison Bucker. Who's he got on the on the, on the the bench? You know, somebody gets hurt. What's he got going on over here? Mm, he's got Mike Evans, DJ Moore, touchdown machines and yards machine. Running back position? All right, he's got nobody in running back position. It's Sonny Michelle. We're not going to talk about that. I don't know why Sonny even on there. QB position, though? Hey, he's got Taysom Hill's going to be passable for a couple more, couple more weeks. And then tight end position, Dallas Godard and Zach Ertz. In case something goes to t- happen sideways with TJ. And he's also got Drew Brees down there just chilling, just chillaxing for whenever he comes back. Let me tell you why. Jared C. Limbach will not be beat over these three weeks. I'm going to tell you right now. It's an absolute lock because look at his look at his point, like his massive point getter positions. QB and running backs. Those are the, those are the two positions that are really going to get you a shitload of points. You're going to tell me that between Russell Wilson, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, and Chris Carson, four guys, what, what's, the, what's their floor? Of points 20 like 20, 70 points 70 points across four guys is that the lowest they're ever gonna get 60 maybe I mean there's no way they're getting less than like 70 points but or 75 points between those three guys four guys and on top of that they're like their floor is like 70 their ceiling is like 110 if you figure Russell can get 30 he's done it all year you can get him to do again Russell's in there for 30 Jones and Cook they uh, they could get 20 a piece easy so there's another 40 so you're up to 70 and then you get to the uh, Chris Carson who could get 20 again too so you're looking at like 90 100 points easy I mean so you get your your floor is like 70 and your rest of the ceiling is like 100 plus 
just between those guys. And then you look at who the other guys are, like Tyreek Hill. You want to talk about somebody who's got no fucking ceiling? What did he get, 40 points the other day? So then you add Hill on top of that, and then you add your Detroit boys on there, Marvin Jones Jr., TJ Hawkinson. There's another 10, 15, 20 points right there. And then you add a little defense and kicker sprinkle on top of that. A little sprinkle, sprinkle. I mean, how's this team not score less than 130 points every fucking week? It's like a lock. It's just a mathematical lock. It's going to score 130 points every week. Every week. And then if he, and he's got a little bit of depth, too. Like, if he doesn't feel like playing Marvin Jones, oh, Mike Evans, bang. Touchdown machine. DJ Moore, bang. Yards machine. He's got COVID, but when he comes back. I mean, his team's just fucking unbelievable. <laughs> team is so, his team is so good. Highest points on the year. Trade to, trade made every right trade this year. I don't think he lost a trade. I mean, look at this shit. This, this team is borderline unbeatable. Unbeatable. There's no way. I mean, who's going to score more than 103 points? You know? And he's got the bye. So instead of having beaten three games, he only has to win two games. You shitting me? This team is this team is not going to lose. This team is not going to lose. It's been Jared's year all year. You look at historical thing. What is he? Historically, he's only he's got third place in 17. So he's, he's hasn't done shit historically. It's his time. He's put it together this year. He's played great. He made all the right moves. He finished in second place. He had the most points. He's got the best team. I mean, there's just it's it's his year. Everything's coming together. Everything's come up, Jared, all fucking year. He hasn't even been that lucky. He's earned every fucking win he got. And he, and, and he scored 150 points and lost last week are you kidding me oh this team is so fucking good this team is ridiculous it's so good i mean it's, it's uh, by far in a way is the favorite to win the championship now let me tell you why there's no way in this god's green earth that he ever even sniffs the championship this year i'm gonna tell you right now because this team is too it's not it's too reliant on a few guys and the matchups for those guys are terrible so i want to run through this for a second you can remember this week's a buy so none of these really matter but then you start looking at who he's got to do in week 15 and week 16 aaron jones has to play carolina and tennessee two great defenses russell wilson has to play washington and la rams two great defenses dalvin cook has to play chicago and new orleans two great defenses tyreek hill has to play new orleans a great defense in week 15 Marvin Jones Jr., who cares about him? TJ Hawkinson, who cares about him? But just, they play for Detroit. You do not want to be Detroit heavy, but here he is being Detroit heavy. Then he's got Chris Carson, who has to play Washington and LA Rams too. Great matchup, or like really tough defenses. I mean, his matchups are fucking awful. He's hoping these guys are matchup proof. And I just don't think they are. Like Rams, like what did Russell Wilson do against the Rams last time he played the Rams? Let's take a look. Last time he played the Rams... Oh, nine points. He's, he got t- less than 10 points last time he played the Rams. What did Chris Carson do? Was he hurt? Chris Carson, yeah, he's hurt against the Rams, so we can't talk about that. But still, like, the Rams are fucking great. And that's what his championship is going to rely on. His champions are going to rely on Russell Wilson playing the Rams, Aaron Jones at Tennessee, Dalvin Cook playing New Orleans. Like, you kidding me? And <laughs> Chris Carson at the Rams? Like, I mean, the matchups couldn't be worse. Like, if you literally sat down on a schedule and you're like, who are the worst teams for each one of these guys to play? That's who Jared has to play in week 15 and week 16. His matchups are god-awful. He's not, it's, it's come up roses too long for him for the season, and he's due for a stinker. And the last thing you want to do is score 150 points two weeks before you actually need it. So you, you, don't, you didn't need to score 150 points. You want to save those points in your back pocket for when you need them, and this is what happens. There's no way this team wins the season. The, 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 it looks great on paper, but then you start peeling back the layers of the onion, you start looking at who's got to play and what those matchups look like, and it's god-awful. 
There's no way he gets past. If he if, if he manages to get by week 15, again, Washington, Carolina, Chicago, New Orleans, Tennessee defenses, then he's got, it doesn't get any better week 16. It only gets worse in week 16. Fucking Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkins have to go up against Tampa Bay. You think that's going to go well for Detroit against Tampa Bay? Fuck out of here. This team has no shot. None shot. Let's look at the last team. These nuts. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, your regular season champion of the KML, standing at 5-11, standing at 6-1, weighing in at who gives a fuck when you're the best athlete in the KML, it's manager Rob Luck of Gordon Lucko. Here we are, our first place team this year, Gordon Lucko. Who gives a shit about the luck? Gordon Lucko. Here's what he's rolling out there for playoffs. QB, Derek Carr. Running backs, Austin Eckler and Devontae Booker. Also, Josh Jacobs hanging down there, so it's either going to be Jacobs or Booker, just known. Running back of the Las Vegas Raiders. Wide receiver, Robert Woods and Justin Jefferson. Tight end, Hayden Hurst. Flex position, Chris Godwin, if he can get on the field. Defense Ravens, kicker, Young Wei Koo, who might be his MVP this year. Then on the bench, he's got Tom Brady just chilling. Carlos Hyde just chilling. Josh Jacobs ready to come in at a moment's notice. Wayne Gallman also playable. And Adrian Peterson. Vikings defense, and then he's got an empty position, just chilling, just waiting for something to happen. Let me tell you why. This is Rob Luxier. He's an, he's an, oh my God. He's the opposite of a lottery ticket because he is an absolute, he's like a savings bond. If you want a safe investment, he's like better than the savings bond. He's, he's, he's Bitcoin. He's the Bitcoin investment of the league. This is why he's 100% going to win the championship this year. Number one, he's a regular season champion. He'll tell you, don't don't look at the Rogers report. Don't look at all the luck. It doesn't matter how you got there. It matters that you got here. You don't you, you can't get to number one seed on luck alone. He's been doing what he needed to do all year, getting the wins, and he had 10 wins this year. He only lost three times. So that, that aside, look at his players. His players are great. Tom Brady is going to do Tom Brady things. Derek Carr is going to do Derek Carr things. He's perfectly positioned to stream either one of those guys based on matchups. So he's guaranteed a good QB matchups here from the rest of the way out. Then his running back position, Austin Eckler, and call it Josh Jacobs when he gets healthy. Amazing. Austin Eckler's going to get his. Herbert loves him. Josh Jacobs. I mean, so he's, he's stone cold solid at the running back position. Then wide receiver position, Robert Woods, Justin Jefferson. Those guys are never going to goose egg you. Those guys are both awesome too. Robert Woods gets like 20 targets a game. That's not going anywhere. Justin Jefferson, the only two receivers in that own whole fucking team. Like, he's going to get his. Tight end position, Hayden Hurst, high-flying offensive Atlanta. He's great, too. Chris Godwin, he's just a little icing on the cake. We haven't even seen what Godwin's capable of this year. Wide receiver, 43 on the year. You think that's going to last? He was like five last year. And then Ravens defense, who's great? And Youngway? When you got Youngway in your back pocket? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lord of mercy. 
So not only has it been a great year start to finish for Gordon Lucko, 10-3, not only does he have a really, really solid squad that has a really high floor. Like you're never gonna get a 70, you're never gonna get an 80 point win against Rob. Let me look at the schedule. What's what's Rob's lowest points this year? 104, 135, 109, 106, 95, 123, 95, 110, 84, eh, 131, 110, 124, 112. So look at these numbers. So the only the only week that he had a little bit of a gooser was 85 points. And other than that, he's only been below 100 twice, and that was 95. So you you got to come. you got to come with triple digits to even have a fucking chance against this squad. He's got a really, really high floor and that's so important in playoffs because sometimes all you got to do is get get to you know you just can't goose like you know the whole thing like you know beating your, you can't beat yourself rob luck will not beat himself he will force another team to beat him and that's so important in playoffs because so often teams beat themselves throw up a real stinker when the other team doesn't even have to do anything all they have to do is show up and basically get the win so you can't do that against this squad you have to score at least 110 points to even have a remote chance which isn't a guarantee especially when you get in the playoffs so i just love i just love 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 the side that side of things and on top of that it's been kind of raw luck all year luckiest team on the roger report always getting the right matchups coming off a four game win streak right now i mean look at his win streaks three games win streak three game win streak four game win streak so he's just playing perfectly at the right times everything's coming together for him and it would be pretty poetic if the man who had his name on the trophy first circled back around and got it on the trophy first second did that make sense gets it on the trophy second first yes gets on the trophy (laughs) whatever the fuck i'm trying to say he gets his name on the trophy again before anybody else does there you go one of only four managers to hit for the cycle. That means getting first, second, and third. I mean, everything's coming up raw luck. It just all looks good. Everything looks great for him right now. Team looks great. High floor. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to come to play. You're gonna have to beat that team. That team's not gonna beat itself. And it's just been his year coming off a four-game win streak. You know, it just, everything just looks so good. There's no goddamn way Rob Luck wins the championship this year. I'm gonna tell you why right now. You think Rob Luck, who has that squad that I just mentioned, is gonna win seven games in a row? You really think that's possible? There's no way that happens. Oh, I guess he doesn't have to win. He's got to win six games in a row because it gets a bye this week. There's no way he wins six games in a row. It's just not going to happen. With this squad, he's going to get he's going to get caught. He's going to get caught. The same way I just said that the that his team isn't going to beat itself. This team isn't going to beat anybody. Like this team is going to score. Go is going to score is 110 points, and then it's all going to be up to the other team. What they're gonna do? Like, do you want to win or you do want to lose? Other team, like, it depends on how many points you score. You want to score 120, you're gonna win. If you want to score 100, you're gonna lose. It's all up to you. This team isn't gonna do what Jared did and throw up 150. You know, it's gonna get there. It's gonna get its little. It's got a little little margin. I can guarantee this team's gonna score between 100 and 120 points for the next week 15 and week 16. So all you gotta do is beat that. The bar's been set. It's like playing like it's like uh, it's like playing the computer or something. It's like it's like you know playing golf and you already know what the other guy shot. Like it's not head-to-head. I know exactly what you got to do to beat this team. And I just don't see there's any way that he's going to win six games in a row and there's not some team that's going to pop off. And when that team pops off, there's no way he can keep pace with it. And that's going to be the end of him in either week 15 or week 16. So there's no chance. There's no chance he wins this. You think that's really... Those names I read off, really, did that sound like a championship team to you? Do you think a championship team is going to be starting Derek Carr? Do you think a championship team is going to have yeah, Hayden Hurst at tight end? Chris Godwin at the flex? That's not happening. Get the fuck out of here. 
So we know exactly what we're going to get with this team. This team's not going to beat anybody, but it's also not going to lose anybody. And there's just no way he wins six games. And there's no way that there's not some team the next couple weeks that throws up 130 against him and he can't keep pace. It's just not happening. So anyway, now that we've previewed all of the teams, let's go ahead and pick the two games real quick. Picks and predictions. Now I need more music, for Christ's sake. Got me all worked up over here. All right. Let's get to it. Okay. First game up. Chalupa Batman, 6-7, six 6th six place, going up against Cabo Ghost, 8-5, 3rd place. Projected points for Chalupa Batman, 116.5, 121.9 for the Cabo Ghost for a slight advantage for the Ghosts. Let me check something here. Over the course of the season, 1... Two, three, four, five, six, seven. These two teams, if they had played every single week, Chuba Batman would have won seven times, Cable Go six times. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven times. All time record between these two guys favors Maine eight games to one. One of the most lopsided. All-time record matchup. Boy, I've really owned Bill. Anyway, let's look at the uh, quarterback position. Ryan Tannehill at Jacksonville going up against Lamar Jackson at Cleveland for Cabo Ghosts. That's a really interesting matchup because I think this actually favors Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is going to have to do a little bit more at a hot Cleveland where Ryan Tannehill is, they're going to lean on Hunter Henry. They're going to lean Hunter Henry. Or not Hunter Henry, but fucking um, Henry. Just regular Henry. Running back Henry. So he just this is a game. This is one of those games against Jacksonville. Tannehill could have like 20 uh, attempts, you know, just 20 attempts out there, and he's, he's going to get his 10, 15 points, and that's it. Lamar Jackson running for his life at Cleveland can't throw a ball, but maybe connects with a one or two touchdowns. I just like Lamar a lot better in that matchup. Running back position: Kenyon Drake and Miles Gaskin going against Christian McCaffrey and Damian Harris. I'm heavy. I'm heavy on the McCaffrey and Harris side if they're both healthy, because I think first off it's CMC. He's, they haven't rushed him back, so he's got to be healthy. I know he just tweaked a quad, but I'm not too worried about it. They've been they're treating him with kid gloves. So the only way he plays is if he's totally healthy and gets the full workload. So he's when he's out there, he's just unbelievable. And then you get Damian Harris, who's getting better every week. I think he gets more and more of a workload, and that team loves to run. So I think at any moment, he's the type of guy that could pop off for a quick 50, 60, 70-yard touchdown, which would just swing the whole week. So I love the lottery ticket of Harris there. I just like that side a lot better. I don't mind Drake and Gaskin, but Drake, Arizona, looks like they're trending down. Gaskin, Miami, they're great too, but he's got Kansas City. Don't love that matchup for him. So I just like McCaffrey-Harris side of things better. Wide receiver position here where it gets interesting. DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams going up against Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. Look at those four names. Oh my God. I love those four names. And I mean, that said, it's 100% Hopkins and Adams. Hopkins, a little bit hit or miss. Still wide receiver eight on the year, but Adams is just so good. He's just so good. He's just so good. He might, he's like in the running for MVP. He's so good. So Hopkins and Adams on this one. Jones and Thomas could keep pace, but again, they haven't been really what they wanted them to be this year. So I, I just think that's going to be a, a tough, just try to keep pace with, you know, Adams basically there. Wide receiver, uh, tight end position, Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. Tight end one going up against tight end two here. What a matchup. What a matchup. And the only reason I'm going to take Kelsey is because Kelsey gets to play in Miami and Waller has to play Indianapolis. That's the only reason. 
Flex position, David Johnson for Chulupa Batman, Adam Thielen for Cabo Ghost. I like Adam Thielen heavy in this one because Thielen uh, has a better matchup. David Johnson, who's still come back from concussion and also hasn't looked that great this year, has to play Chicago, and that could be pretty rough there. Uh, Panthers and suck up for defenses for uh, Chalupa Batman. Saints get to feast on Philadelphia, and Justin Tucker gets Cleveland for Cabo Ghost. In this one, I'm picking the Cabo Ghosts. Oh, hold on a second. I didn't even do my things from last week. Uh, last week. Let's see. Quick, quick, quick aside. That was a loss. That was a loss. Uh, reading to a bow. Lost to Straight Bumps Homie. Viceless lost to Gordon Lucko. Uh, Captain Scurve lost to Three Stripe. Oh my god, this is a bad week for me. Cabo Ghosts won over Saquon Blockchain. And Team 88 lost. So last week I went 2 and 4. That makes me 42 and 36 on the year. And my guest went 3 and 3. That means they went 41 37. That's the way I like to see it. I have won the regular season matchup. So looking at this here. Chalupa Batman having to travel to the KBGs. I'm taking the KBGs in this one. Chalupa Batman, I fear, has a little bit worse matchups here. I think it's going to be a little bit harder road, and he's coming off 153-point performance, which I feel like you never put out those up back-to-back. -back. I feel like he's prime for a stinker, and uh, I think it's going to be the week. And also, Cable Ghost, you know, what do I got to say? I got to pick myself. What am I going to do here? going to lie? Pick Bill? Fuck that. Pick it myself. Cable Ghost, lock it in. Let's go ahead and get into the game of the week. Behold, you sons of bitches. It's the KML Game of the Week. Oh, fuck. I need another song. Uh, yeah. Okay. Are you guys ready for the KML Game of the Week? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Oh, it's late in the pod. Here we go. Game of the week, the Viceless. Seven and six, fifth place. Go to against three strap life, eight and five, fourth place. You might ask yourself, why is this game of the week? Viceless projected for 114. Three strap life projected for 98. That's not very exciting. All time record between these guys. Motiverse Vit. Heavy Vit. Seven games to two. That's not very exciting. Here's why. This is showing respect to the current champ. Showing the respect he deserves for another couple weeks. Maybe just one more week before he's not the champ anymore. Therefore, he gets game of the week. Because it will be most interesting to see if the title defense stays or we are guaranteed a new champion this year. That's why this is game of the week. Look at the positions here. Aaron Rodgers for the Vice is going up against Matthew Stafford for 3-Shape Live. No question here. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Dingle-dang-donger on Aaron Rodgers. Dingle-dang-hang-down-donger. If Aaron Rodgers is the shaft, Kamara and Robinson are the balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said it. Kamara Rodgers. Robinson. Kamara and Robinson going up against Sanders and Taylor for three-stripe life. Yeesh. Heavy, heavy, heavy dangling balls for the Viceless over there. Sanders-Taylor, really? Come on. Fuck out of here. 
those are either of those guys the starting running back gonna get more than 60% of the snaps no trash teams well Taylor's got a good team Sanders on trash team and he plays New Orleans huh good luck <coughs> wide receiver position Calvin Ridley Terry McLaurin for the viceless homegrown boy Naptown going up against Allen Robinson and Chase Claypool for three stripe life this one's a little closer for me personally look at this I love this Rhythm McLaurin, 10 and 14 on the year. Robinson Claypool, 13 and 16. Does it get much closer than that? Because I don't think it does. I think I like. I actually. I think I might like Robinson and Claypool slightly more in this matchup just because I like their defense matchups a little bit more there. A little bit more. But it's close. It's a, it's almost a it's almost fit it's 51-49. You feel me? Tight end position, Austin Hooper for the Viceless going up against Logan Thomas for three-stripe life. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Viceless, but this isn't last year. Hooper's a trash, trash, trash tight end. Logan Thomas is good. Three-stripe life has the advantage there. Flex position, CEH for the Viceless going up against James Conner for three-stripe life. Both these running backs suck, so I say it's a wash because who knows what you're going to get. This is like, reach your hand down to that grab bag when you got the old lady that's got the candy out. You don't know what you're going to come out with. You come out with a king size, you come out with a donut, or you come out with an apple. You don't know what you're going to get. You might get that razor blade. They suck. You, know, you can't rely on either one of them, but they're good enough that you got to roll them out there, and that's the worst kind of player to have is when you don't know what you're going to get because you could get a 2, you could get a 20, and you don't know what's happening, and you're just good enough you have to roll them out there, so that's not a fun matchup. I guarantee neither one of those guys is happy about having to play those running backs. Defense and kicker for Viceless is Washington at San Francisco and Brandon McNannis at Carolina. Three-stripe life rolling out 49ers at Washington. Ooh, I love that. And Will Lutz at Philly. Love the head-to-head defensive matchup. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Overall, who do you think I have in this one? Pretty simple here. I'm going heavy, viceless. You heard me trash Vitaly's team earlier in the program. And I think it stays here. Viceless at Three Stripe Life. Heavy, viceless favorites in this one because... Three Stripe Life is just, I don't, like, these these players are not good. These players aren't good. You know how ESPN puts out that thing every year where it's like, here's the percentage of playoff teams that have Kelsey, and here's the percentage of playoff teams that had fucking James Robinson and shit. I would be shocked, like, literally floored, if any of Vitaly's players were over, like, 30% on playoff teams. Like, they're all trash. <laughs> every single one of them is trash. Logan Thomas is okay. But I mean, still, like, not, no, no, no amazing players out of those guys. Nobody that you're like, oh, I'm so happy he's on my team. He's had it all year. He's always had this team that that you just, you're just like, ugh. <laughs> you just, it gets, sometimes it gets the job done, but you're just like, ugh. God, when was the last time he broke 100 points? Yeah, he broke, a, he, he, he could get over 100 points, but he hasn't had a pop-off game in forever. His, high, his last time he scored over 120 was week five. Other than that, let's read him off. 85. 84, 100, 90, 82, 105, 103, 83. Get the fuck out of here. This team has no fucking shot this week. Heavy moto, heavy, heavy, heavy moto. Let's go ahead and get into final thoughts. Final thoughts. My final thoughts this week. Go out to those six teams that didn't make playoffs. Mm, Guys, I feel your pain. I do. I feel your pain. Scott, Team 88. Wingus, Straight Bumps Homie. Mm. Nicholas, 
Captain Scurve. Matthew. Hot shit. David. Saquon Blockchain. And last but not least, dear, dear old Christopher. Reading Dwayne Bell. Guys, it was a good year. Some things went wrong, some things went right, but just not enough things went right. It wasn't, it just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be, you know, and, uh, I feel bad. I feel bad for you guys. I feel bad. I really do. I feel bad. I feel, you know, I just want to see you guys do well. And it's just too bad that you guys just fucking suck. You guys are terrible. God, every single one of your trash teams made all the wrong moves. You guys are just fucking losers. Oh my God. Unforgivable. Unbelievable how terrible you guys were. Just, ugh. You get nothing. Yeah, exactly. You lose. Good day, sir. Good day and good riddance to those six trash teams at the bottom of the year. See you next year. I mean, the fuck out of here. It's like, this is garbage. Good riddance. Let the men do men things in the playoffs. You guys go home. Let the men take care of the championship. And we'll let you know who won. See you at draft, idiots. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Camel Messcast. I'm your host, Maine. Please like and subscribe. I don't know how to do that, but that's what everybody says at the end of podcast. And uh, meet us back next week for what happens after round one. Good night, everybody. I love you all.